Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And today, I'm excited to interview this guy because we were brought together by another LCA moderator who I think just got sick of watching us posting about how we're in shape and we exercise and we work out and we're plant-based dieters for the most part, at least in my case. But there turns out there's a hell of a lot more to this guy. We're talking about the financial fit coach for real estate agents. Oh yeah, there's a tie in there. We're talking to somebody out of the Northern Virginia market, lost a hundred pounds, paid off a half a million dollars in debt in 40 months has overcome gambling and alcohol addictions, saved his marriage, and oh, by the way, he's a real estate agent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Plummer. How are you, my friend? What's up, Jeff? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. And you know, you and I, we were talking before we uh, went live here or started recording, and we talked about how we could talk about plant-based diets. I don't want to bore the listener here because it's an exciting topic for you and I, but I figured we'd touch on it a little bit. But before we do, I just gave a little a little intro about who you are, which is very cool and very impressive and and uh, inspirational. But I want you to kind of give the listener a deeper a deeper view of who you are, how you got up brought up brought up in the business, and kind of why you are where you are today. Yeah. So um, you know, I always so many people ask that. When, you know, how did you lose a hundred pounds? How, where, how'd you get here? And I always start, you know, a decade ago when I was in that traditional space where a lot of people are, where they have a successful job and they're simply trading their time for money over and over and over. And they enjoy what they do. However, they know there's a better way. And in my world, man, I was an addict, uh, in all sports, uh, you know, all shapes and sizes, right? So, and when you make a lot of money, you just become a bigger addict of whatever you are. And for me, that was gambling, that was drinking, that was eating. And, you know, it got to a point where I had had my moment and I was making a lot of money, but I had no time. And I realized that the one thing that had to change was the one thing that I could uh, address was my weight. Right, because I enjoyed drinking, I enjoyed eating. I didn't really, you know, care about that the financial stuff. I just didn't like who I was seeing in the mirror because the other stuff you don't see. And um, yeah, so hopped on, uh, ended up losing a hundred pounds in uh, in a year. Got exposed to entrepreneurship along the way, and one thing just kind of unpacked itself, and the traditional uh, trajectory of life led me to um, led me to real estate. Um, after I paid off some debt, we realized that we were a half a million dollars in debt in 2014. And I uh, got, ex- got exposed to some information, uh, followed a program through Dave Ramsey called Financial Peace University, and unpacked the debt the exact same way that I lost weight, which was 10 pounds a month. So 
rather than losing a hundred pounds, I lost 10 pounds, 10 times. And so, um, just started unpacking the debt and realized that we were spending about four to $5,000 more a month than we were making. Uh, and it simply came around awareness, you know, awareness in itself is transformational. And, uh, you know, over that time paid off and eliminated a total of $551,000 of debt, which led me to a, a crossroads that said, Hey, I can go make some more money. Um, I've got some freedom now. And, uh, real estate was that vehicle. And, uh, the end of 2016, I got my license and hopped into real estate. What was like the, the breakthrough moment that kind of slapped you in the face to whatever it was, was it the, was it the weight? Um, or was it the debt? It was definitely the weight. The moment I'll never forget. I was sitting, my wife and I were in marriage counseling. Um, I had the, about six weeks earlier, five buddies and I, so a total of six of us had started a weight loss challenge. It was actually a weight loss bet. And every quarter you had to hit your marks. And if you missed your, if you missed your number, you had to pay. And whoever won, whoever hit their number split the pot. And I didn't take it seriously, and I was going to end up paying uh, that first quarter. And I'll never forget, in the middle of uh, February, um, or the, the end of February, or the beginning of March 2020, or 2012, I was in marriage counseling with my wife, and I didn't fit on the couch. I couldn't get, I couldn't get comfortable on the couch. So not only was my wife screaming from me you know, on, on one ear, I couldn't fit my fat butt on the couch. So it was like the most uncomfortable moment of my life, right? And so, you know, that was the moment I was like, and then I got to pay $300, you know, over here to, you know, of, of this bet that I was in. And I was like, this is, a, this is it. I mean, I, I can control what's in my mouth. I don't want to stop drinking, but I can control that. And I, I did. I got, I hopped on board. I, my, my lowest, and my biggest weight was a hundred or two hundred and ninety-three pounds on the scale, and uh, when I saw that number, I knew it was it. That was the highest I was ever going to weigh the rest of my life. That's awesome. And by the way, that that little uh, bet that you made is awesome. That's a great idea. Is 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 to have you know the biggest loser has become very popular. But for those of you listening, you know, like this isn't just all about real estate all the time. I mean, this is about having living a better life. You become a real estate agent. You be, you get into the real estate profession because of the potential flexibility, because of the quality of life, because of the amount of money that you can potentially make that you cannot do in many other careers. And that also lends into exactly why we're talking to Matt today, which is about getting your life right. Um, and I think you would agree your life was very wrong at the time when, when it comes to addictions and debt and you know obesity, basically. And so... That's it. That's very, very inspiring. So it started there, but then what then caused, like, what was the, like that, that point where you realized, and, and I think a lot of realtors really suck at this. Uh, this is why you've gotten into it, which is managing their finances. How many realtors get into real estate, make a hundred grand and don't pay one ounce of tax and they spend $2 for every dollar they make. And it sounds like you were kind of in that same position. What, what was, what was kind of that turning point where you just realized, holy crap, you know, you look in the mirror for weight. What did you do uh, on the financial side? Yeah. So, so 2012, it's always, it's always good to just kind of put this in context because of dates, right? Cause we all use dates as, as kind of markers in life. So 2012, 2013, I lost a hundred pounds. 
uh, and also became sober and quit gambling and quit smoking through that journey. And at the end of 2013, I had created enough margin in my life to where that things could could now be absorbed. Right? I could pay attention to things that just there wasn't enough margin to know that we were you know upside down in our finances. So it took me losing weight, um, getting into business, getting into a business, um, you know, removing debt and alcohol and, and gamble or not debt, but gambling and and um, drinking to create this margin. And um, we got to the end of 2013. I say we, my wife, we're, we're still married today. And we got to the end of 2013 and I looked forward. And at that point, I was in the health and fitness industry. I was a part of a network marketing company at the time and uh, still had, a, full, still had a, a contractor job with, a, uh, with the company I was with. But I looked forward and I was like, this is the slowest month. These are the slowest three months that we're going to make in the, in the moving industry. However, it's the fastest three months in that weight loss industry, right? January, February, March. But I'm selling a $50 widget, right? I was selling a bag of shake mix. I was part of a, a health and fitness network marketing company. And you, like, we weren't going to make it. We weren't going to make it to April 1st. And so we, uh, we leaned on my wife's 401k loan. It was the last thing that we could borrow. We borrowed $13,500. And that was enough to kind of cover the gap for the first three months until I knew the moving season was going to get back into it. And when I had that moment, I was like, we can't keep doing this. Like, mm -hmm. this is the worst type of money that you can borrow, right? Borrow from yourself, take it out of the market where it's making 10, 12, 15%, yep. and you got to pay it back at 6%, whatever, right? It's the worst money that you could borrow. And, um, and then we enrolled in Financial Peace University. And that first lesson, when you go through Financial Peace University and that first lesson, when you add everything up and man, it hits you like a ton of bricks that it's a half a million bucks. And you throw a house in there. I mean, it, that's, the house have, got it there, but I mean, it was 225 without the house. Yeah. And um, I mean, a quarter of a million bucks is a lot of money to, uh, to owe people for stuff that you have done. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. So- you know, I want to dive deeper into that because I think that's the, the really the biggest the biggest piece of the message is kind of creating that uh, that financial freedom because you're again you're in a you're in a career where you can either do amazing things for yourself and your family and your life or you can just continue to chase right. It's just a perpetual game. It's just like kind of like leads. Like if if that's your business plan it's going to be a constant chase. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It's just a constant chase versus a longer game strategy, which is like a branding strategy and to where you're attracting business and it's coming to you. This is kind of the same general concept when it comes to creating financial freedom and getting out of debt. Uh, but before I get there, um, I have to ask because I'm obviously intrigued. It's one of the things that brought us together. When you talk about getting fit and losing weight, I think there's a lot of people that probably are listening to this that think to themselves, yeah, I could stand to lose a few pounds and probably a good percentage um, of people listening to this. So what advice would you have for that real estate agent who um, has every excuse in the book? Ah, I'm too busy. I'm closing 20 transactions a year, right? I'm being facetious, of course. Um, and and what led you to going plant-based and kind of what your opinion is on that? Because it is a very popular topic nowadays that a lot of people don't want to listen to. 
Uh, but I'm just curious to get your take on, you know, how you were able to get fit and the advice you give to a real estate agent about getting their life together in terms of their health. So, and, and we'll weave this in with the, over the next 20 minutes or so. However, physical fitness and fiscal fitness are identical. Like the only way you can ever lose weight is to create a caloric deficit, right? You have to, you have to consume less than you burn. Mm -hmm. I think everyone can agree on that. I don't care. Insert whatever lifestyle you want. You have to burn. If you're going to lose weight, you have to eat at a caloric deficit. Well, if you're going to save money or pay off debt, you have to spend at a spending deficit. You can't sell enough houses to out-earn your spending, and you cannot outwork your fork. Interesting. You can't do it. Sure. And th this isn't rocket science either, by the way, but yet, but yet very few people struggle to do it. Yeah. It's, um, and it's, it's simple. Um, it doesn't matter what the, what, the, what the lifestyle is. I mean, it could be plant-based. It could be keto. It could be high-carb, low-carb. I don't it doesn't matter, right? It could be balanced food. It could be, you know, 17 meal replacement shakes a day. Like, I don't care. But if you're going to lose weight, you have to eat at a caloric deficit. You know, and for the most part, the easiest way to do that is some sort of a meal replacement something that's 150 to 300 calories versus a fast food thing that busy agents have, which costs $10 and it's, you know, in a bag. And it's 1,200 calories. So if you can replace that with something that's 300 calories that costs $4, now you're doing something positive on both sides. That's a win-win. Yep. I love it. Um, so what do you, you know, again, though, it's it's so easy to drive through the drive through And it tastes so good. Uh, bacon is amazing. I don't want to give that up. And by you the way, know, this, this uh, isn't me talking to the audience. If anybody knows me, they know that's not me. I'm just talking for the masses here. Right, exactly. Because bacon does taste great, and mm -hmm. so does cheese. And like, I would love to go to Wendy's and get a double baconator. Like, right, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm all in. Um, you know, as you go down these paths of, you know, I've been on this health, I've been on this fitness journey for eight years now. That started with a meal replacement shake instead of going to Burger King drive-thru. And I did that and it compounded over time to where I started working out. And when I started working out and burning more calories, I had to look at what I was eating. So I had to start eating more food. But when you don't eat the right food or the right amounts, you put back on more weight, right? Because you're not burning as many calories. And so you're just on this ebb and flow of, what fits, what doesn't fit, right? I mean, I, I attempted to go plant-based or vegan two years ago and failed totally miserably. I realized that I like cake and bread. And when you're vegan, you can figure out how to eat cake and bread. Yeah. And I gained six pounds in like six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't work. Right. So, you know, it, it just comes to a season and actually you know, what really got me thinking about the, uh, this plant base was a friend of mine who started, uh, on a, the Daniel fast, you know, 13 months ago, kind of kickstarted his year. 
and he just kept leaning into me a little bit, leaning into me a little bit. We spent probably six or seven weekends through events and friends and family stuff last year. And um, I, uh, I actually did uh, 75 hard uh, at the end of, at the beginning of 20, at the beginning of October last year, uh, I completed um, the, the 49 hard challenge is what I call it. <laughs> and uh, however, it did work. I focused on intermittent fasting. That was my thing. You know what? Explain what that is. The 75 uh, yeah. with it's, it's supplement superstore to talk about, talk about what that is. Yeah. So 75 hard is a, was an internet based challenge that uh, Andy Versilla did. That is um, there were uh, about five or six different things that you had to do, right? You had to drink a gallon of water. You had to follow a diet. You had to read 10 pages of a book. Um, you had to work out twice. One had to be outside and you had to do a couple other things, whatever it was. And so my diet I followed was an intermittent fasting diet, and I was started leaning into plant-based at that time. And so over the next two months, uh, the 45, 50 days that I did it, one, I nailed intermittent fasting. Like I was excited to eat at 11, and I was thrilled to stop eating at 7. Like I nailed it, and I was enjoying it. And then as I started introducing plant-based options as a replacement of other things, you know, technology and science allows us to have so many amazing things now that taste good, right? I mean, so many of the companies now have, you know, meat replacement and egg and um, I haven't found a bacon yet, but, you know, all the cheeses and everything else now, you can just find substitutes and figure out how to make other things taste the way that you want to make. You can manipulate it now with science and technology that... Um, I mean, the last piece of steak I had was Thanksgiving or uh, our anniversary, right? So, I mean, that was three months ago at this recording. So, I mean, I haven't had a piece of meat in three months. So, that's very, very interesting. A couple pieces of seafood, but I mean, you know, you kind of pick and choose your battles, but um, right. yeah. I think the reason why people go plant-based, and I don't want to go too far down this, this rabbit hole, but the reason why people go plant-based are different reasons. Like the reason I chose to go majority, and I'm not, I'm not vegan, I just majority plant-based. Uh, it's probably totally different than some of the reasons other people, like even my wife, who's mostly vegan, um, and hers is more cruelty to animals. That's not my reasoning. Um, my reasoning is I just feel like it's going to give me the better odds to live longer and not put stuff in my body and contract cancer and diabetes and heart disease and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's important, and I say this all the time to people because I publicly, like, you know, vomited out. You know, that's how you kind of learned about me. And um, I always tell people, I'm like, do your homework. Like, don't just go watch Game Changers or What the Health or, you know, uh, whatever those various shows are on Netflix, because those are good and those will help shape your opinions. But at the same token, go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast that that, that counters this, like, like, listen to both sides and then you form your own opinion and then you figure out what's right for you. Uh, but I think the fact of the matter is, is, is. And I believe in this and I coach this with my people. And so if you're still listening to this, which I hope you are, I hope you're intrigued by this conversation. I tell my LOs all the time and I tell realtors, it's like, if you can't, if you can't live a, a, a physically fit lifestyle, you're going to struggle to have a successful career. Like they just kind of go hand. You said physical and fiscal are the same. It's kind of the same thing with success. Like the discipline that it creates to be physically fit and financially responsible. The discipline, the mental discipline is the same mental discipline that will create success in your career, no matter what your career, but obviously this is a real estate podcast. And I truly believe that. And I say that to my LOs all the time. If you can't get that right, you're just gonna kind of muddy through like most Americans do 
mostly overweight, right? Uh, you just don't have the, the mental discipline to drive past McDonald's. You just can't do it. No. And, and, you know, if you will just really break it down, you know, we are so much visual people now, especially in the, in the age of social media, we we do so much of our learning and our observation. Um, instead of reading and listening, we do it by watching. And I mean, at the end of the day, how many people do you see on Instagram and, and Facebook and on stages and leaders of organizations that are 60 years old and 50 pounds overweight? Not, there, not, I mean, not many. Far and few between, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's obviously the standalones, but, and, you know, you're just not, you know, the successful people just, they're, they're going to be disciplined and they've built the right habits in their life, um, physically, financially, relationally, spiritually, yeah. like they're all there. And don't use the excuse of those people can afford the trainers uh, because they couldn't at one time. You know, they had to get there. No, not everybody comes from a silver spoon. I didn't. Um, and I don't think you did, Matt. And I know most of my successful friends earned it. They got there with mental discipline. That's how you, that's how you can conquer pretty much anything. So uh, let's, I don't want to stay on the rabbit hole because this is not a show about diet, although this is, this is valuable and I hope people are learning and gaining from this and are intrigued to improve their lifestyle. But let's talk about what you do in terms of the, the financial fit coach for real estate agents. Cause I think that is uh, a very interesting uh, kind of an interesting path that you've gone down. Yeah. So you know, as I was, um, you know, in my offices and, you know, as going down your own journey uh, of whatever it is, right, whatever your transformative journey is, you're going to become aware, you're going to become, you're going to pick up some passion behind it, and you're going to do some studies, right? I mean, I met, I read more financial books in two years than probably any of my um, relatives and close friends did in their entire life, right? Because it's something that I, I, I generated some energy and some passion around. And um, yeah, the, uh, you know, being inside of um, the, the organizations that I've been a part of with uh, inside of real estate and just seeing how the traditional real estate agent and real estate agent team leader and the real estate agent owner or, or team or uh, operations owner, right? How they handle their money. There's no difference between how Joe Public does. Right, this isn't about, you know, real estate agents are, are bad with money. No, the American population is bad with money, right? We just happen to have a job called real estate or realtor, right? And so, you know, it's not taught anywhere throughout our education. It's not taught in corporate America on our way to real estate, and it's not taught in the brokerages. So however you handled real estate or your money at 25, and now you're selling real estate at 45, you're going to handle money the exact same way, regardless if you have a real estate business. I think the biggest challenge that agents have is, especially if they come from a, um, a corporate background, is one, you know, not working eight to nine hours a day like you do in the corporate America. I know I've talked about that on a couple other podcasts. And so they get a little inconsistent in their work, which means they're going to get inconsistent in their calendar. And they're going to have inconsistent income. So they've gone from a consistent income to inconsistent income. Now, the inconsistent income is a higher paycheck. However, everything comes out of that check. Taxes, profits, their, their income, and their operating expenses. And I think people, I think agents get those numbers in reverse. You know, if, uh, 
if you look at how most people handle their money, they pay their bills first. They do their saving and their giving at the end, right? And so they have a smaller amount that they give and they have a smaller amount that they save. However, they've lived this lifestyle that's exceeded or met or exceeded their income. So now they have a gap, which means they have to use credit. And agents are no different. Agents are more susceptible to it because they have a ton of vendors coming at them at all different angles to sell them stuff. And so, which, and traditionally, I mean, you're going to be like, hey, if that can get me X more deals, now I'm trying to out earn my spending rather than trying to decrease my spending and out and increase my earnings. And so it's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's very easy to get caught on the, uh, on the transaction treadmill. Um, when you have your income that's going towards obligations rather than versus opportunities, you're never going to get off the treadmill. That's interesting. So w- when somebody comes to work with you and you work with somebody, what does that entail? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So um, the first couple of calls are uh, after, you know, the first one's obviously, you know, understanding, you know, why, you know, why they want to go, where they want to go, where do they want to go? Are they chasing someone else's vision? Or are they chasing their dream? You know, I think a lot of people get uh, the team thing jammed down their throat and they want to go build this massive team. Um, when, you know, two or three deals a month can completely change the trajectory of their life forever rather than all of this overhead and time and stress with actually running and operating a, a business, right? So I think that's one. Um, but we simply look at in-go versus in, or outgo versus income. You know, that's where it starts. And there's three, th- there's three steps that I lead everyone through over the first, you know, first month of their transformation journey. And that's awareness and acknowledging the shame, blame, and guilt that comes with wherever you are. And just acknowledge it, right? And trade that shame, blame, and guilt for the facts. The facts are you owe the IRS 30,000 bucks. The facts are you have two cars that have payments tied to them. The facts are you owe 15 grand to Amex. Those are the facts. I don't care how you got there but those are just the facts. Half the agents I talk to, their, their spouses don't know about the Amex because it's tied to the business, right? And so we have a conversation around that. And the simple fact is we have to, so many coaches, Jeff, focus on increasing the income, increasing the transactions, increasing the phone calls, all of that stuff. I don't. That We might get there but we have to address what we can address, which was for me eight years ago, what I put into my mouth. I couldn't walk into CrossFit at 293 pounds, but I could drink a meal replacement shake and not go to McDonald's. So when we look at this and someone's spending $3,000 more in their business than what's coming in, we don't focus on, we need to go do three deals a month. We look at how much are we spending on leads? How much are we spending on marketing? How much are you paying the admin? How cheap can you get it done? Does it earn the right to be there? And so I think we, what we do is we flip the order of priority when it comes to who gets paid when $10,000 comes in. Interesting. Interesting. And, and so when it comes to, so, so you have these initial conversations, right? 
what then happens after you diagnose, okay, they're, they're, why they're there and what they have in terms of debt and I guess what they put in their mouth is also very important. Um, what, what does it look like? Like how, how does it continue down the, how the path? So this, the, the smallest thing is, and this is where it comes back to physical fitness and financial fitness. The only way you can lose weight and, and have a physical transformation is broken down by the food that you eat. Right? I mean, it just comes down to food is nutrition is so important. It's 80, 90, 95% of a physical transformation. How you spend your money is that same thing is the food. And so my clients, the physical fit, uh, the, the financial fit agents that I work with are extremely clear and aware of when and how they spend their money. And so it's broken down to a, uh, a monthly budget on the business and a monthly budget on the, on the personal side that's done with a spouse or a partner, as well as if they don't have a business partner or an ops manager, it's with me, right? I'm obviously their accountability partner. And I'm their accountability partner on both at the end of the day. However, it's becoming crystal clear aware and reflection of when did I spend, how did I spend money yesterday, right? Just be aware of how you spent your money. And then when it comes to forecasting, right? So many people are like, oh, I do a P&L, oh, I do a P&L, oh, I do a P&L. P&L happened 35 days ago. We need to do a crystal clear cash flow plan of how we're going to spend the next 30 days of money. And every day we look and say, okay, did I or didn't I allocate that money? I have to adjust. I have to adjust. And we break it down to the, when you break it down to uh, my clients now spend, you know, we start with five minute increments, five minutes, their, their very first five minutes a day. They simply check their budget. They check their bank account. Did what they spend, is it allocated on their budget? Now that's five dollars, not five dollars at Starbucks, right? But is there fifty dollars of Starbucks allocated for the month, right? Cool, five bucks, we're good. Now, as with that number gets closer, right? We may not be able to go to Starbucks anymore because we have fifty dollars allocated. And I'll 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 wrap with this. Most people, when it comes to when they hear that word budget, they feel restriction, tight. Matt's telling me I can't spend money, right? I mean, when I say budget, how do you, what do you think, Jeff? Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that way, but I guess my initial thought is, is, is really, is, is planning, is how do I control the, the give and the take, basically, you know, what's coming in versus what's going out. That's what I'm thinking about when it comes to a budget, but I don't know if that's different yeah. or... So, so I want to, I would, I would encourage you even to say, you know, when I think of the word budget, or cash flow plan, think of freedom to spend. You have the freedom to spend that amount of money on whatever you deem necessary for that particular month. Okay. That's all a budget is. All right. So if you know you have closings coming in and it's twelve thousand dollars after you know the caps and the splits and twelve thousand dollars is going to hit your bank account. How are you allocating that twelve thousand dollars? Okay. So where do you go from there? So first thing is, do you have any closings scheduled for the next month? Okay. If the answer is no, we need to plan for next month. 
right? So if we do, if we're, if we're doing this right now, February, uh, February 10th is this recording and you're going to have a $15,000 check on the 15th. Okay, great. So what do you have in the pipeline for March? Well, I don't have any closings. What about April? Don't have any closings. Okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and get something planned for March because you're going to have to spend your $5,000 that your household runs on in March. So let's get March set. Let's get February set. And, you know, at that point, the rest of it's probably going to go to taxes and that's about it. Right. So we got February and we have March. Now, however, you have the rest of February and the first five or six days of March to generate more income for March and April. So I asked the agents, I'm like, hey, think about that. Now you don't have any pressure. So we stabilize the present to structure the future. We've got today taken care of. We have this month and we have next month squared away. How much easier is it to make 10 phone calls a day? Mm-hmm. How less does that, I mean, how, uh, you know, that phone doesn't weigh quite as much, right? You're not quite as desperate to take that listing at four and a half percent. Right. You get a little bit of freedom. You create a little bit of margin. We don't, we don't hit real hard on the debt right out of the box because we have to stabilize the present to structure the future. We have to stretch that money. And once we get two or three months of that stretching and we build that elastic habit, now we can go and we can start taking $10,000 or $1,000 and hitting the credit cards, hitting the credit cards, hitting the credit cards, hitting the IRS, right? Whatever the order of priority is. And then in about six to eight months, man, a lot of people can kind of unwrap themselves from the axle. What about fun? Got to put it in there. It's just a line item in your cash flow plan. In your budget. Yep. Um, for my wife and I, sometimes it's 50 bucks, sometimes it's 300. And, and then obviously our, uh, you know, my wife's love language, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've read the book or not. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a sixth love language called travel, <laughs> which is, which is my uh, wife's love language. And so every month we have a, you know, that's just a filter that gets caught, you know, sometimes it's $50, sometimes it's, you know, 5,000. Just allocate a certain amount. I, yep. I, I think the most interesting piece to all of this is, is it's, a, it's a mindset shift more than anything. I mean, I, you asked the question, what do I think of a budget? But I think when you, if you would have, we sh- should have, in, in hindsight, started this podcast out and saying, what is it that you think of when you think about real estate coaching? And the answer is, you know, prospecting and how many calls did I make and planning my work schedule and what am I going to do every single day? And am I going to call FISBOs and expireds and blah, 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 right? And when you're really cutting to the core, all of that is almost secondary or next level to getting even more back, you know, to the core, to to the baseline of getting what you're suggesting in line, which I 100% agree with, by the way. Um, you know, I said that midway through this podcast, you get your, get your, get your physical body, your physical life in shape, and it will do wonders on your career. And I think the same applies to your fiscal responsibility because so many of us aren't raised that way. I don't teach this stuff in school. They just don't. No, they, and, they don't. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, it's because the, the educators aren't educated. The educators are in debt. <laughs> Right. I mean, they, they, um, you know, I saw, a, I saw a meme the other day. What's the dumbest thing you've done with money? And it was like, 
uh, I borrowed a hundred grand and then forced myself to take a job to pay it off. Back it up there. Back it up. <laughs> if you never borrowed a hundred grand, it's... you wouldn't be forced to take a job. All right. It's interesting. So, all right. All right so we're, we're, uh, we're obviously, we're getting deep on time here. So let's, um, I want you to end this with kind of a takeaway for agents. So, you know what, you know, somebody's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, wow, okay, that was profound. Never th- saw that coming. Um, what do I do from here? Like where, where should I go from here as a realtor who could stand to lose some weight? Now we're t- not talking to just obese people. We're talking to anybody, whether you are in an, oh, most of us, most of us uh, are, can stand to get better shape and lose some weight and eat healthier. And most of us can stand to become more phys- fiscally responsible. So what is the best advice you can give to, to an agent walking away from this podcast? So the first thing I would do is pick one. What can you control? Like what's, what's, which of the two can you control? Because you can control both. You can control what you eat and you can control how much money you spend. So pick one. And the best thing that you can do, and and I got this from my trainer, is, you know, MyFitnessPal is obviously a a massive app when it comes to tracking your food. And 95% of the people that use MyFitnessPal track their food and input it after they eat it. It's too late. You've already eaten the food. So put the food in my fitness pal before you eat it. Plan. And when it comes to your money, put it, uh, allocate and spend the money on paper or in an app, right? There's several apps out there before you spend the money. Even before you earn it, you know how much you're going to make on the deal, right? I mean, it's, you know, 80-20 split. It's this much this. It's you, You know what's coming in. So do the math before you get it. Spend it on paper, and then make sure that the whatever you're spending the money on in your business has earned the right to do it. It's very interesting, man. So, uh, so if anybody listening wants to get a hold of you, what's the best place? Where's the best place to find you or get in touch with you? Uh, either Instagram or Facebook on social channels. My uh, my uh, uh, handle at Instagram is underscore fit realtor, underscore fit realtor, and then it's uh, simply Matt Plummer uh, with one M and O B on Facebook. I love it, man. And um, is and so messaging you through those platforms is the best way to reach you. Hundred percent. Awesome, awesome. So Matt Plummer on Facebook and underscore say it again. Underscore Fit Realtor on Instagram. I love it, man. And it's and it's it's Plummer is spelled P L U M E R. He said it with no B. It's only one M, not two. And he is in the Northern Virginia market and he is the financial fit coach. Matt, you and I are just kind of like starting to build a friendship and stay in touch. And there's like this cult of vegan people and plant-based people that like, we just love to share like new things that we find, foods that we eat, recipes. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you. And for anybody to listen to this, uh, if you're down that same path, you're looking to go down that path, you know what? Friend either one of us, man. We love to share. We love to talk about it. It's one of the things oh. I've learned uh, just meeting Matt in the last couple of months is that uh, he's already, you know, he'll message me and be like, dude, you should try out this, this meat that I got today at, you know, Whole Foods or whatever. I love it, man. It's, and I think um, it's, it's an accountability thing. And I think what you're doing for the industry is unlike most others. And um, 
I applaud you for that. I'm glad to have made your acquaintance and then hopefully continue our friendship. And um, thank you for being on today. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Good stuff, man. We'll be in touch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, like I always tell you, please don't keep us a secret. Please share us. Uh, please rate us. You know, Go to the, the various podcast uh, platforms and give us a good, healthy rating. We really appreciate that. That does us wonders. And don't keep us a damn secret, man. We need, we need all of the sharing possible. That is the lab coat way. So, uh, Matt, I really appreciate you once again. And uh, I really look forward to uh, putting this episode out there and sharing with the rest of the world because this is not traditional and this is different. And I love it. And I love being different. And I love, uh, love giving back because I think something like this is going to inspire one person. And that's what matters. So thank you again, my brother. You bet. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Take care, man. Podcasts.